everyone, welcome back to another episode of Here for the Crack with me, Emma Neal. I hope you're all doing well. What a week it has been since I last spoke to you guys. I went to London for a long weekend. I got to go to some really fun events and meetings. I got a tour on the Spotify studio, which was so cool to see. Definitely going to try and get a little episode recorded in there. How fun would that be? Although it also gives me anxiety a little bit. Like <laughs> It's such a added pressure, I guess you could say, when you maybe know someone's on the other side listening, or if you know you've only got a certain amount of time to get it recorded in. I don't know. It would be really cool though, and I bet the quality would be so much better. I went out with my friends on the Friday in East London. I, You know what? Up until this trip to London... I think I had a really negative perception of East because anytime I'd been there had been like brick lane on a Saturday, which is honestly hellish. Like I would not wish it on my worst enemy for them to get stuck in brick lane on a Saturday or Sunday or just like anywhere around Shoreditch for that matter. But this time I got to go to Shoreditch on a Thursday. It was a lot quieter. It was really nice and chill. It wasn't overwhelming and overstimulating. And then I went to some market in Hackney on the Saturday. Like when we woke up hungover, we went and got some hungover food at the market. It was called Broadway Market. It's a very popular market. I'm probably not sharing anything new here. But the food was sensational. I got a mix of two different Indonesian curries with rice pickled veg and sambal chili sambal so great and then I got vegan cannoli I'm obsessed with cannoli it's like I think it has to be hands down my favorite like sweet treat to have with a coffee because it's not overpoweringly sweet it's like the perfect mix of sweetness and saltiness and it's not too big where it leaves you feeling like oh I regret that it's like the perfect size where you're like that was so satisfying. I reckon Italians just do dessert in general really well. If you actually think about all the different Italian desserts like tiramisu, cannoli, what are those wee like crispy flaky kind of mini croissants called? They're like angostinas or something. I don't know I'm probably butchering that. But yeah Italian desserts they just really hit the spot. They know what they're doing. That day as well was such a... Do you ever get when you wake up from a night out And you feel surprisingly fine, but it's because you've had like no sleep. So the hangover hasn't actually kicked in yet. Like probably running off of like three to four hours sleep. You wake up, you're like, wow, why do I feel so fresh? You get up, you get out, you get a shower, you get out, go get food. And then it hits like two o'clock and you're like, I think I'm on death's door. (laughs) Like I have to be horizontal right now. So yeah, made it back from the market got into bed horizontal and stayed there. See, where I was staying from my friends was was an hour away. This is the thing about London. Everything's so fucking far away if you live like, if friends live on the other side. So the whole day I was like putting off getting back to where I was staying because I just couldn't bear the thought of traveling on public transport for an hour. And then it got to like 8 p.m. And I was like, right, what the fuck am I doing now? I'm not going to get back till 9 p.m. I wanted to be asleep by now. Am I realistically gonna spend an hour on the tube? No. <laughs> so I got an Uber. Which, you know what? Was justifiably not that expensive. It was £20, which I'm sorry, but in Belfast, they charge you 20 quid for literally a 15 minute journey, maybe 20 minute journey. Like in Belfast, it takes me 10 minutes to get into town and my taxi is like, 
usually somewhere between 10 and 14 pounds depending on the time of the day yeah I traveled an hour across London and it was 20 quid I don't think that's bad but anyway that's what I told myself when I was you know trying to justify myself getting an uber then the next day the Sunday was marathon day and my mummy was running the marathon god bless her she kind of injured her calf probably like two weeks prior to the marathon and then she went to get a massage on it from the physio and the physio put too much pressure on it and like fucked it even more like it was really sore so she was really worried about it like she was getting it taped up and yeah I think she was really taking it easy in terms of running then on the weeks coming up to it because she didn't want to worsen it before that but she did so well she said she had to stop a few times in the medical tents to get it rubbed down I think a little bit and like re-taped but she did so well regardless. Like, I'm sorry, I could never, ever in my life run a marathon. Do you know what it is as well? Loads of people tell you it's actually not that bad. Like, the training for it is really not that bad. And then with the adrenaline and stuff on the day, you're so fine. It's not even that. Like, I know that I probably, well, <laughs> here's me. I know I could probably have it in me fitness-wise. I definitely don't right now. But like, I know if I really wanted to, I probably could train for it. I mean, I have to bear in mind I literally had shin splints after running for about two miles recently. <laughs> Running's not my forte. Anyway, the the thing is that the marathon, I don't mentally have that strength in me. I'm not mentally strong enough to want to get through that, to push past that pain and to like keep me motivated throughout all the training. To be honest, I don't know how anyone does like any of those big events, like triathlons, marathons, walking up Kilimanjaro, Everest. I don't, I just don't have that shit in me. Like I'm so fine just carrying on with the type of exercise I enjoy. I don't need to take off a box. But then I guess you could say yoga teacher training was kind of like that as well. Like it was intense for four weeks, but it was intense with stuff that I really enjoy whereas you know what actually watching Finding Michael on Disney Plus with Spencer Matthews going up to Everest Base Camp kind of low-key made me want to go to Everest Base Camp no not any further than that sorry did you see after Base Camp from there up it actually looked horrendous who in their right mind does that to themselves but the walk up to Base Camp looks stunning like stunning views the accommodation was like really cute because you're kind of in like homestays with people that live in these little villages and you're eating like authentic food and you're showering in like the fresh uh, streams and stuff. I don't know. I thought it looked kind of wholesome in a way. So maybe that's on the bucket list, but I'm telling you now, no further than the base camp. Sorry. Did you see? Did you see that bit that they walk that's literally... They have to like put the ladders across the ice and they have to leave at like two in the morning to make sure all the ice is frozen over so it doesn't move when they're walking on it. No, no, no. And apparently the roof of their mouths burn from the way, right, because you have to, when you're breathing, you're obviously got your mouth open because tr- you're trying to get as much air in as possible at that altitude. As a result of the sun reflecting on all, all the snow and ice, it burns the roof of your mouth. What? <laughs> how uncomfortable would that be uh where were we yeah so mum ran the marathon she did amazing such a good event to go and watch like 
it would have never crossed my mind before to have just gone to cheer on people in a marathon unless I was going to support someone. But after experiencing London Marathon, I would 100% go back, even if I didn't know anyone doing it. It's so fun. Everyone's got their, well, not everyone, but majority of people have their names printed on their t-shirts or their vest or whatever. So you just stand on the side, like cheering everyone on, literally screaming your head off. I completely lost my voice. I woke up the next morning with a squeak of a voice. That's how into it I was getting. I'm not gonna lie, I had a few friends as well that were doing it, but it completely slipped my mind that they were doing it because I was so focused on the fact that my mum was doing it and like tracking her because you they all have like a little tracker thing and you can go on the app and like see where they are and plan where you're gonna be able to cheer them on from so we went to two different points and because I was so focused on my mum I it completely set my mind that I knew other people in the marathon but then I saw them like completely by coincidence which is actually I know you'd think like if you're staying at a point you'd see everyone but there are so many people and to try and like constantly look at that many people it almost like sends your eyes in a bit of a weird it gives you a bit of a headache all these runners constantly running at you and like the amount of people doing it is insane I'm pretty sure I read it was like 60,000 but yeah anyway I happened to see my one friend Alex completely forgot she was running it as I saw her I was screaming Alex from the top of my lungs she didn't even notice me (laughs) but my sister was like you sound like a dying cat stop it right now and then when my mum was coming along she was like can you not shout like that again (laughs) And I was like, yeah, sorry. I don't know what came over me. It was just, it was so fun. But, oh my God, it was very emotional as well. Like, every time my mum came past, I was like welling up, cheering her on. And she's just the cutest woman ever. Like, she never looked like she was struggling. She always, when we saw her, like, she'd have a smile on her face, arms up in the air. And it was just so cute. I loved every second of it. And the, it was raining that day, but you didn't even notice because you were so, like involved you know what I mean it was the last of your worries that it was raining and my last life update is that I fucking handed in my dissertation oh my god I am so happy to see the back of that we can be done with talking about this from now on do you know when it gets to that point of writing an essay or in this case dissertation where you're so sick of thinking about it and looking at it and oh it's just taking up so much brain space it gets to that point where you actually don't care anymore which sounds really bad like I know for a fact I could have sent it to this person and sent it to this person and got more feedback and improved this part and reread this part and I just no I'm sorry it gets to the end of these things and you're like get it out of my sight I'm gonna submit this right now I don't care what I get at this point like it's gonna be a pass and that's fine (laughs) and I'm pretty sure that's happened with me for like all of my essays that I've submitted throughout uni. I've all, I'm quite good at not with, when it comes to creative projects, I'm very last minute with submitting, to be honest, because in my head, I think, oh, I've just got to throw this and that together and then it's fine. And then you actually come to do it and you're like, oh shit, I have to include all my research. I have to include all my developmental work. I have to include my critical journal. I have to include my, do you know what I mean? all my test shoots, all my, (laughs) then I have to do all the editing, then I have to do my final outcomes. Whereas in your head, when you think of a creative project, you're like, oh, it's fine. I'll throw it together in a day. And then it comes down to it and it takes you forever. So I'm really bad when it comes to them. But when it comes to my essays, I'm actually very good at planning out, like, like setting myself mini deadlines and 
basically just having it done in advance so that if I do need to fix things or if I do need to send it to someone to proofread or to get feedback on, I have the time to do it. Like, I don't think there's ever been a time where I've literally right up, say it's due at like midnight, I've been like right up to 11.59 with an essay. I have though with creative projects. Um, Yeah, I've just been good at like breaking it down into smaller parts to make sure I stay on top of things. But then it always gets to that end point where it's ready early and I have the time to do those things. And I'm just like, fuck it, I don't care. (laughs) Which is so bad because that is how you obviously get the higher marks, isn't it? But I mean, degree's a degree. Who gives a fuck? I'm just happy to have it out of my hands. I thought I would feel this like huge sense of relief and I'd want to like go out and celebrate. And I don't know, I just kind of envisioned submitting my dissertation as being a way bigger deal than it actually was. I literally did it in bed in the morning and just smiled at my computer screen for 10 seconds and then was like, okay, on to the next thing. (laughs) It's hard to feel that feeling, I think, when you do have to just move on to the next assignment. Like, you're not really, it's, everyone's like, oh my God, enjoy the freedom. And I was like, yeah, it's not there. I'm not gonna lie. It's, we've got to wait another month for that. But I'm sure I'll feel that feeling when I submit my final thing. 100%. That'll be the best feeling ever. Although I don't want to say that. And then it also be really underwhelming. I always think about this, the people that graduated in COVID, like when you just submitted your last thing, but you were in the middle of lockdown and couldn't do anything to celebrate. And when your graduation was online, like what the fuck? Probably just didn't feel real. I do want to do something fun to celebrate, but also my birthday is the week after my final hand in. So I don't know whether to just like save myself. Maybe I'll do something nice but like low-key, so I don't ruin myself for my birthday. This is the first year I've actually planned to do something proper for my birthday as well. This is the thing about having a May birthday. It's obviously quite good because it's in, well, it's not really summer in the UK. Is it ever really summer in the UK? I don't know. Um, Yeah, the weather's unpredictable in May, but nine, let's say seven times out of ten, it's usually a good day on my birthday, which is really nice. Although you don't want to have to rely on that in case it's not, do you know what I mean? You don't want to plan something that is focused around being outside in the sun and then it not be like that, of course. But anyway, obviously May, right up until you are, well, I was going to say 18, but then even when you're in uni, May is actually a really shit month because it's when all your exams are happening. Like, I know for what GCSEs, even before GCSEs, even just like school exams, it was all always like exam season in May and June. Um, then obviously GCSEs, A-levels, you never really finished till like early to mid-June. Some lucky people finished in May, but it was never me. So it was always exam time and like study leave time. And then again, throughout university, it's been like, you know, my final hand-ins at the end of May. So I have never really apart from once actually now that I think about it done something like proper for my birthday the one time I'm thinking of was actually really fun we did there's not really bottomless brunches in Belfast there are a couple now but when I was booking this at the time there was wasn't really any bottomless brunches 
they just did like brunch with three drinks. So we did that and then we went back to my house for a barbecue and we rented a hot tub, which was so fun. But also it was like 30 degrees and no one wanted to get in the hot tub because it was really hot outside. But it was really cool then once it got a bit cooler in the evening and we were all, it was, you know what it was as well? It was when Olivia, what's her surname? Rodrigo? Rodriguez? Oh my God. Brain fart. Uh, you know who I'm talking about anyway, the pop singer that sings Good For You. It was when Good For You had just come out and you can imagine like a group of girls screaming Good For You in a hot tub, paralytic. It was a good day. <laughs> I don't know about anyone else, but I think it kind of freaks me out a little bit planning something for my birthday because I get scared that people aren't going to come and then I will feel like it's not like a regular night where when people can't come, you're just like, oh, whatever. But like when it's on your birthday, you almost get a little bit offended that people aren't going to make the effort for you. You just get scared it's going to be a flop. And I feel like you always drink too much when it's your birthday because I don't know, you're like nervous almost or you're overexcited and then you drink too much and then you end up ruining your night and having to go home early. Yeah, birthdays just scare me a little bit. I also think I cry like pretty much every year of my birthday. And it's not even because I'm like, really upset about getting older or anything it's like okay there's this pressure for your birthday to be all this and then I just think any days that come with like that pressure you can then just like feel a bit teary about it or something I don't really know the ins and outs of it but I pretty much cry every year on my birthday even on the ones where I've had like an amazing day and couldn't ask for more and feel like full of love there's always like a little teary moment to myself some people cry every christmas day i was talking to my friend about this recently and she said she cries every christmas day without fail which i kind of get i mean i've never done that but like i can see how you would like it's kind of the same scenario but yeah this year i'm doing something fun for it i've booked the top floor of a mexican restaurant the theme is tacos and tequila the dress code is hot and sexy of course <laughs> I need to find a hot and sexy outfit though. If anyone has any like small designer suggestions, please let me know. Because I would love to either wear something really cool by like a small either Irish or UK brand or maybe get like something cool from a vintage shop. I'm not 100% sure. But whatever it is, it needs to be hot and sexy. That's the rule. Okay, my recommendation for this week, it has to be Dishoom Chai slash Dishoom Breakfast. Oh my God. Right, I've been, Dishoom's like a, I guess you could say it's a chain in London. Like there's probably, oh wait, it's not just in London. I think there's a couple in other places in the UK. I'm pretty sure there's one in Manchester. I don't know where else it is. Anyway, I know there is a good like five restaurants, Dishoom restaurants in London and I've been to it before for lunch. I've always heard such great things about it. I went for lunch once with my manager. It was incredible but I always wanted to go back for their breakfast because I remember on the day my manager saying how their breakfast is unreal and then I also like it kept popping up then after that on my TikTok of people going for Dishoom breakfast and then my sister said that apparently this person that is coming up on her TikTok all the time is like obsessed with the chai so she's always wanted to try the chai so we were like right let's do it we're going to Dishoom in the morning for breakfast this was the day after the marathon as well. So it was a nice little like post-marathon treat for my mother. Actually, I think she paid for it. So it's not really a treat for her, is it? 
The breakfast menu is insane. The vegan options are unreal. I knew they would be good because their vegan options and like their lunch and dinner menu is good. I just can't describe it. It blew me away. We got like the vegan sausage naan wrap, which, which comes with vegan cream cheese, coriander. We got a side of masala beans. We got a side of mushrooms. My dad got like the non-vegan sausage and egg naan wrap, which also just comes with regular cream cheese and coriander. My mum got these like cheesy spicy eggs on toast. It's called like Curjoal or something. And then the chai. Oh my God, the chai. This is my recommendation of the week is the Dishoom chai. It was sensational. And what's even better? It's bottomless. You literally can just keep asking for a refill over and over again. I must have drank like eight to 10 cups of chai, which is probably really bad because I'm sure it's loaded with sugar, (laughs) but it was that good. I don't even care. Okay, I've just looked it up. Turns out there is one, two, three, four, five, six in London, one in Manchester, one in Edinburgh, and one in Birmingham. Why did I say that so weird? Birmingham. Yeah, so if you're visiting any of those places, please, please just go and get the chai. Just sit there for an hour and get chai refills. I promise you it's so worth it. My pin peak of this week, right? Peak, my successful shopping day in London. That was really fun. And also cheering my mum on. That was really fun. And my pit, God, I don't know if I can say what my pit is. This is the thing. There's a very fine line between what is oversharing and funny and what is oversharing and actually just overstepping the mark. (laughs) That's really annoying of me to say though, but I'll give you another pit. Another pit for me this week was... It's weird because when I'm like really busy and I don't have time to sit and think about things and miss people, then I'm so fine. Like when I was in London and I was busy back to back with shit, the fact that I was going through a breakup actually didn't even cross my mind. Oh my God, shut the fuck up. (laughs) Sorry. Stop talking about your fucking breakup. (laughs) Anyway, yeah, I feel like then when I got back and everything kind of, quiet and down and you have like a moment to yourself you can really easily just like really miss your per- having your person do you know what I mean like just having that person to talk to about anything and to ring at any time and yeah I don't know as much as you can like accept and know that a breakup is the right thing for the relationship that doesn't make you automatically stop missing having your person like it's a hard adjustment to make and I think when I slow down is when I really realized that so that was my pit I actually don't have any words of the week for this week I'm sorry I'll come more prepared with next week's episode apologies for the extremely long intro did not realize I had so much to catch you up on but there you go solid 20 minute intro now we're on to the main topic of the podcast this week's topic I'm going to be talking a little bit about like how overwhelming it is the fact that you can literally hypothetically you can do anything but you can't do everything. I feel like this leads on a little bit maybe from my identity crisis episode because it's kind of in the same field but this was actually inspired by a TikTok I saw the other day of this girl and she started off by saying you can do anything but you can't do everything and I was like wait this is a really interesting podcast topic because this is so me and I constantly think about 
all the different lives I potentially could live, but the fact that I can't live them all simultaneously, or not even simultaneously, obviously, because that's not possible to live more than one life at a time, but it's impossible to like live out all of those lives. Like, yeah, you can go three months here or six months there and, you know, try all these things out, but ultimately you are just trying these different lives out as opposed to like fully living and immersing yourself in that life. And I think picking between them really scares me because you're always scared of like, what is the right or wrong choice and what is the best choice for you and what's gonna bring you the most fulfillment and maybe I I don't know it stresses me out thinking about it we're gonna talk about it as I was saying in my identity crisis episode these periods of these transitional periods where you're kind of moving on to another almost section or like chapter of your life I think the reason they can feel so overwhelming is because there are so many options realistically if you're sitting here even if you've got a job that you're stuck to and rent that you're stuck to or even if you're in uni right now and you don't finish for another year I mean okay most of these things I'm gonna say probably more apply to people that don't have kids so you've got the freedom and flexibility to kind of do whatever you want you don't have someone relying on you like that but yeah if you are one of those people that don't have kids It's overwhelming how many options there are because it's like, how the fuck are you supposed to pick? And how are you supposed to know that it's the right decision for you and the right life choice for you? Because realistically, you don't know until you do these things. But then once you do these things, you're committing to being in that place and to living out that life for a period of time. It's weird because I feel like no matter what I'm doing, I get really involved and like almost not stuck in that because stuck sounds a bit negative, but like, I think that's right for me at the time, which is a good way to be, I guess. But then it's hard to see outside of that. And I'll give you an example of what I mean by that if you're confused. So like, for example, when I was traveling, I thought this is the life for me. I'm going to travel for the rest of my life. I'm just going to pick up small jobs here and there, working in hostels, you know, maybe I'll do a TAFL course and I'll teach English and I will just continue traveling for the rest of my life. This freedom is amazing. I think traveling the world and experiencing different cultures is the best thing you could ever do. I can't imagine my life not doing this, right? So that's when I'm traveling. Then I get to Australia and I think, "Mm -mm, this is the life for me. I am destined to be an Australian. I'm going to be Aussie. I'm going to wake up. It's no, not literally be Aussie, but I'm going to live the Aussie life. I'm going to wake up at 6am, go to the beach every day, like maybe work at a bar by the beach. The vibes are immaculate. The wages are insane. I don't need to ever progress in my job because I'm so happy just with where I live and this lifestyle that there's no pressure to like work my way up the corporate ladder or even just like become a manager. I don't give a fuck about it. Like I'm very happy doing what I'm doing and that's great. And then when that ended, it's on to the next thing and I'm like stuck on the next thing. And I think that's the best thing for me. Like right now I'm like, I love being in the UK or Ireland and I love the stability and I love being near my family and I love being able to focus on my work and this podcast and having a place to call home and having friends at home and being surrounded by Irish people because you really miss Irish people when you leave Ireland. So yeah, I just feel like no matter what I'm doing, 
I'm very set on that being the life for me until it gets to a point where I start contemplating doing something else. I get the idea in my head and then I'll maybe take the leap. I'll do it and then I get stuck in that. And it's just like a constant cycle of this. And I don't know when the next thing is going to be. I guess the next thing will, I don't know, it'll come... I do want to go home for a bit, but I do want to travel again. So I guess it'll maybe come then. But I'm just like constantly questioning what life, what my, how my life is going to play out and what life I want to live and what options I'm going to pick. Like when I was in Thailand, I was like, I want to be an island girl. I'm going to live off man- fresh mangoes the rest of my life. I'm so happy chilling on the beach reading, working in a hostel, this, yeah, this is me, I'm gonna be an island girl. But then I go to a big city, for example, London at the weekend. I go there and I'm like, no, big city girl is me. (laughs) I'm a city girl, I wanna move here, living my best life. And this is the thing, is that no, none of these options are necessarily bad or like, they're not gonna be a bad choice for you to pick all of these different options have their pros and cons but actually deciding on one and committing to it is really scary like I want to be able to live all of these lives and when I picture all of the different options I picture myself happy and content so that's kind of reassuring in that I know none of them would be a bad option But then it's like, but then further down the line, will I regret picking that because I don't have the stability that I maybe would have had if I had have done one of the other options? Would it like set me back years? But then does that setback matter? Because aren't we all just like on our own timeline? Like I want to live out my yoga life. I want to do more yoga training. I want to focus on that and be a really good yoga instructor and maybe do like online yoga stuff and in-person yoga stuff and maybe Bali is so fucking cliche isn't it I was about to say and go to Bali with it I don't know maybe go somewhere else maybe like maybe Goa that'd be cool do you know what I mean all these different things when I was in Thailand when I was doing my diving course my uh, scuba diving course I thought wait maybe I'll move here and learn how to be a diving instructor and literally live the life of my dreams. Imagine that, living on a Thai island, diving every day as your job. Can you actually imagine how insane that would be? And you know what? I actually know someone that has gone off and done that. She went away traveling for like three or four months and came back to Belfast and then she thought, fuck it, I'm just going to go back to Thailand and train as a diving instructor and that's what she's doing and she's living her best life from what I can tell on Instagram and I just think that could be me and yet in times like that in your life you might not be saving money in fact you're probably definitely not saving any money you're you're probably just like you know making enough to pay your rent pay for your food but you're like living the best life so you don't really need much money outside of that but then comes the whole question of like but what if I want to buy a house and what if I want to progress in my career? I don't know. And then as much as I love when I do go to big cities and it's so fun and I can kind of see myself living there, at the same time, I'm like, this fun and this enjoyment very much comes from 
this one's really bad, but it, it very much comes from like an enjoyment out of consuming. Does that make sense? Like consuming in terms of like everything, consuming in terms of going out and eating food and paying for a nice dinner and drinks. And then also consuming in terms of like going out and shopping. Everything in a big city is based around you being a consumer, which is fun, but I don't think it brings you the same level of contentment and fulfillment that like being genuinely happy, say, on a Thai island teaching yoga or being a diving instructor does. I don't know. I mm, Do you know what I mean? The two are very different and yeah, they might bring you they might bring you an equal amount of joy, but it's rooted in very different things. And you can't just like consume and consume to make you happy. I think your happiness needs to come. Like, yeah, that's fun. But I think your happiness needs to come in that situation from close connections with people in the place you live and maybe career or sorry, job fulfillment or I, don't, I think you need to have a bit more of a purpose than just being a consumer in a big city. Like capitalism just really gets the better of you, I think, when you're exposed to all of that. And I really noticed that. Like, don't get me wrong, I love the time I spend in London, but I think some... So I'll toy with the idea of moving there and then I'll think, do you know what? Maybe it's good that you just have a good time when you visit because would you actually experience it like that as someone that's living there? I don't know if you would. I think it would be very draining and not bring you that much fulfillment. It's just a fu- it's just fun to go and be a consumer of it for a weekend. Do you know what I mean? And sorry, when I say that, I'm not implying that if any of you listening want to move to London or currently live in London, that it's not fulfilling. I don't mean it like that at all. I just mean from my perspective and like the way I visit it or something. I don't know. I just feel like I have the best of both worlds where I can like dip in and out of it. But if your job is obviously centered in London, then that is a reason to be there. I just don't know if I have a reason to be there. I don't know. I'm just waffling at this point, to be honest. My friend recently got back from teaching English in Thailand. And it just seems like the cutest, most wholesome job to have ever. To be a teacher, an English teacher with loads of really cute kids in Thailand. like, And it was quite rural, I think, where he was. So he really had to make an effort to learn Thai, obviously. I mean, which you'd have to do anywhere you, where you go. Like, it's so ignorant for us English. Did I just call myself English? I meant English speaking. <laughs> English speaking people to think that you can get away with just speaking English everywhere you go. But I mean, obviously, because it was rural, literally no one spoke English. So he had to really make an effort to learn Thai. And I just think being immersed in that would be so cool and you'd be so off the not off the radar maybe yeah off the radar but also like not conforming to the kind of capitalist norm if that makes sense like I feel like your need for shopping and for looking a certain way through fashion and for putting on makeup and for your I don't know I just feel like all of that would go out the window when you're really off grid like that and I feel like it would be a really wholesome way to live and he's kind of got that idea in my head now because when you do a TEFL like what does that stand for teaching English 
teaching English as a foreign language is what TEFL stands for. So once you've got that, you can teach anywhere, like literally anywhere in the world. What an amazing job to be able to do. But then at the same time, when I think of that, right, on one hand, it's amazing. It offers so many opportunities to teach in so many different countries and to experience so many different places and cultures and learn different languages. Just an all round amazing thing, I think, to get into. But then on the other hand, I'm very aware that like, I have a terrible social battery and it would involve a lot of like constantly meeting new people and making new friends and I don't know, maybe I am just too comfortable and like with the people I know currently and with the friends that I have and do I want to venture outside of that? Can I be bothered? (laughs) But then it all comes down to, you know, nothing really interesting and fun happening in the comfort zone. So you got to push yourself to do these things. My biggest fear is that I'll get to like 80 years old and I'll look back on my life and think, what the fuck, Emma? Why didn't you go and do that when you were able to? When you were young, you had the freedom, you weren't married, you didn't have kids, you weren't tied down to a mortgage or, you know, in a five-year contract with a job. Does that even exist? I feel like five-year contracts is not a thing, but yeah, anyway, you know what I mean. Just imagine regretting that and then not being able to do anything about it at that age. I would be furious with myself, absolutely furious. It all just seems a bit scary and intimidating to commit to though and I think deciding on one thing or one place is a lot and like what if it doesn't go well? I don't know, you know what, I need a push and I know that push is going to be, I have my heart set on going to the Philippines come like December, January time. I think because I know that's only going to be for a month, I might actually do two months because I would love to go back to Vietnam. Um, I didn't do the high... I always say this wrong, Hajang, I don't know, the Hajang loop that everyone does. I actually didn't do that because I fucked up my visa when I was there and ended up only being able to get the two week free one because when I arrived, it was like a public holiday. So I couldn't get the one that you have to apply for. I just had to take the standard like free two week visa that you get with a UK passport. So I did that, but obviously two weeks is not a long time to travel such a huge country. Like Vietnam is massive. And as a result, I didn't get to go to half the places I wanted to go to. So I think it'd be really cool to go back and like go to all the places that I missed out on and do the Hajang Loop. I think I kind of thought I couldn't do the Hajang Loop because I couldn't drive a moped, but you can actually just like get a driver and then that sorts you out for the whole time, which I would 100% do, even though I actually plan on being able to drive a moped by then. My mum says she's getting me moped lessons for my birthday because she wants me to be able to drive one for when we're in Greece. So yeah, that's finally getting ticked off my bucket list. I know I said that was on my, was it my bucket list for 2023 that I did, that episode at the start of the year? I feel like it was on that list. Because of that, then I'll be able to drive a moped by the time I would go to the Philippines and Vietnam. However, I wouldn't trust myself to drive in those conditions or like those roads of the Haizhang Lip. They look mental. I'd rather just put my trust in someone else, to be honest, because, yeah, I mean, someone that's done it hundreds of times over a stupid little white girl traveling Vietnam, who do you think you would pick? So yeah, I think those two months in Asia will be like the push that I need to then 
make other decisions. But I feel like right now, I've been stuck in this little university bubble. Before that, I was stuck in the COVID bubble. It's been like, you know, five years now. Wait, when did I get back from Australia? No, has it been five years? Please God, tell me it's not been five years. No, I feel like it's been four actually. Yeah, it's been four. So for four years, I've been in this little like UK and Ireland bubble, like going back and forth from Belfast to Leeds. And I'm struggling to see outside of it. But I know that once I do get out of it and I do go to the Philippines and Vietnam, then I'll be able to like see past that, you know? And also two months traveling is not intimidating. It's not like you're not booking a return flight and maybe not going to see your family for more than a year's time. It'll be over before you know it. You'll probably want to extend your trip. I feel like when it's two months, when I did, I did three and a half months before and I desperately wanted to extend it, came home and ended up flying back out. So (laughs) yeah, I think I'll get by just fine. I know as well that there's also a lot of privileges that mean that some people are able to, you know, save up quicker to go off and choose to do this life or to go and travel or to move to Australia. And I'm very aware that not everyone has the option of like, you know, moving back home to their parents' house and saving money on rent. Like that's just not an option for some people. And then as a result, it's going to take a lot longer to save any money that will then allow you to go and live these different lives or choose these different options. But ultimately, you know, if you don't have kids, once you save up money to go somewhere, what what options you have are limitless. Well, also visa granted, I guess. Like who's to say once you've got the visa and the money, you can't just fuck off to Thailand and become a diving instructor? Who's to say you can't fuck off to India and become a yoga teacher? Or go to New York and start raking it in as a stripper? Do you know what I mean? Like how are you supposed to pick? And if you pick one, And then you end up being happy there. But does that mean that then you're giving up on the opportunity of going to another? Or can you just do like a year here and a year there and a year everywhere? (laughs) But then you're not fully experiencing that life because as soon as you make friends, you're just packing up and leaving again. It stresses me out. We have the freedom to do anything. To go work on a boat that sails around the fucking Mediterranean. To go train as a chef and work in a restaurant in Paris. I don't know. (laughs) You can, like, whatever you think is going to make you happy, the possibility is there to be able to do that. But there's probably so many of those things and we can't have all of those things. We can't do all of those things and do them all well. Or maybe we can and we need to just start living a million different lives until we die. Like, never actually settle in one place. But then it's the stability thing. Oh, here we go. I think what brings me comfort in this conversation, I know I'm saying, oh, this stresses me out, but I think what does bring me comfort is that I do probably know that no matter which of them I pick, first of all, that it's not permanent and that you can pick another option after that. And second of all, that it is probably going to bring you joy on some level. And everything does happen for a reason. I'm a huge believer in that. So whatever path you pick, although you might not feel after six months that it was the right decision, maybe there was a huge lesson to learn in that. And maybe you needed to go and do that. So then 
you wouldn't spend the rest of your life regretting not doing that and thinking about what if I did this. Or maybe in that year stint somewhere, you ended up meeting the love of your life. Who knows? I think the unknown can be scary, but I think it's also kind of really exciting in a weird way. Like, yeah, it's scary and intimidating and you worry about what's the right decision and what's the wrong decision. But sorry, I keep getting really distracted where I'm recording this episode in these apartments in Leeds called Moda Living who've kindly let me use their apartments to film the podcast. And I'm looking at this rooftop across from me because I'm up on like the 10th floor of a building. So I'm looking down on this rooftop across the thing and these people are just like marching in a line. I'm so confused and what is going on and I keep getting really distracted. Sorry, as I was saying, yeah, the unknown is scary and intimidating, but it's also so cool to think, who knows where I'm going to be in two years time? Who knows what amazing friendships I'll have and who I'll maybe have fallen in love and out of love with. The experiences I'll have lived, the things that will have got me to there, like it's all really exciting. Imagine how boring it would be if you knew from day dot exactly how your life was going to pan out from the second you were born. You know, well, obviously there's a couple of like definites, isn't there? You know, you're going to go to school, you know, you live where you're born or whatever. But then I think after that comes the exciting part where you don't know what's going to happen because as I said, imagine you were told exactly what was going to happen then. How boring would that be? You've got to find these things out for yourself. You've got to make these mistakes. You've got to learn from them. You've got to live through all these different life experiences that will get you eventually to where you're supposed to be. And as I said, everything will happen for a reason and it will all fall into place, even if it seems really hectic and chaotic and like you don't know what the fuck's going on. (laughs) And who knows who you'll meet on the way and who you'll fall in love with and who you'll make friends with and what job you'll end up in and what'll make you happy and what'll make you sad. It's like, I just think it's all part of it. And sometimes we shy away from that because we're so scared of the unknown, but it's actually really weirdly exciting. And the more I'm talking about it, the more I'm like, oh my God, excited about life. (laughs) Okay, I think we'll leave it there for this week's episode. I hope you guys enjoyed this one. If you did, please remember to leave me a little five-star review on Spotify. Share it with your friends, share it with your family, vote on this week's poll and slide down and you'll be able to answer this week's Q&A as well. As always, thank you all so much for your continued love and support. It honestly means the absolute world to me. I love you guys so much and I will speak to you in next week's episode. Bye.